Hi, this is Ann Cavera with Speeding Past 80, and today we're going to talk about gratitude. But first, here's a note from last week's episode. The rutabaga is still in the refrigerator. I've promised myself by the time we talk next week, it will be eaten. I'll let you know how that turns out. Now, about gratitude. A week ago, I took Jim to the doctor for his regular checkup. No big deal. We were just getting results from blood work he'd had taken the week before. Well, while we were there, I asked the doctor to look at Jim's swollen right foot. Here's the result. Less than an hour later, an ultrasound revealed a massive clot in Jim's right leg. Now he's taking medication here at home to eliminate the clot. I'm so grateful for modern medicine. I'm so grateful a routine appointment may have saved his life. Still, I often wake up at night, can't get back to sleep because worry takes over. We have no idea how long our Alzheimer's journey will be. Will I have the physical strength to take care of Jim? One depressing statistic said 40% of caregivers die before their loved ones. There are nights when Jim gets up four or five times. The result is by morning neither of us has gotten much sleep. He's almost unable to communicate now, so I struggle to understand what he needs. It's so easy for the gray fog of depression to creep in. Yet, I really believe the most important time to reach for gratitude is not when things are going well. The most important time to exercise gratitude is when life is tough. It's not that gratitude erases the negative. It just shifts our focus. It's as though we view life through a microscope. Whatever I focus on is going to become sharper and clearer. When misery comes our way, we might have to scratch hard to find little golden nuggets of gratitude. I can't even begin to imagine how difficult Alzheimer's is for Jim. Every day, every small attempt at doing something is a struggle. Even eating has become a chore. He twists the spoon in his hand, wondering, does the round part of the spoon go down or up? Still, he is cheerful. His attitude is a major source of gratitude for me. Henry, a friend who lives in Kenya, sent me an email last week. He spoke of his pastor's Easter sermon about how often we overlook gifts in our lives, gifts like good health. Overlooked gifts can be a major source of gratitude in our lives these days. Another source of gratitude is the many small kindnesses of friends and family. Last Friday, our son who lives nearby called and asked if I knew the library was having a book sale. Of course I knew. I just didn't think I could possibly get there. He offered to come and visit with his dad during the sale so I could go and browse. One of our granddaughters came home from college last weekend and had Saturday lunch with us. Another source of gratitude. One of our California daughters knew I was concerned about her travel plans. She said, I'll text you as soon as I get through airport security. And she did. 
her text came right on time and removed one of my small self-inflicted worries. Our other California daughter and son in Seattle stay in close contact by phone. I am so grateful for the kindness of our children. Our daughter-in-law often brings soup and shops for us, and her friend sent soup as well. A friend brings communion each week, and a deacon and pastor visit. All of these are moments of grace in our days. Still, I worry, and that gray fog lurks. Yet, when I place my worries alongside the struggles of thousands, perhaps millions of other people, our own trials really are small. It's a little embarrassing to say I'm having to search for gratitude in a house with plenty of food and water. For example, last week's ABC's Evening News had a piece on the terrible food shortages in Sudan. In addition to the fighting, part of the problem is flooding, which is making the land uninhabitable in places. Mothers forage under floodwaters for the bulbs of water lilies to feed their children. Still, when the newscaster walked through the village, many of the children smiled and ran to greet him. This past Sunday on 60 Minutes, we watched a volunteer doctor from Boston help a young Syrian girl who had been injured in the earthquake. The doctor helped her take her first step on the leg he had mended. A mother thought she had lost all six of her children in the earthquake, only to discover three were actually still alive. There are times when gratitude and sorrow live side by side in our hearts. Here are some things I believe to be true where gratitude is concerned. Gratitude lets go of expectations. Everything is a gift. Letting go of expectations makes room for the Holy Spirit to go to work. When we're connected to grace, surprising solutions open up for problems that we thought were too difficult to solve. Letting go gives us the freedom to act rather than worry. Gratitude releases tension, leaving us with lighter hearts in spite of dire circumstances. Gratitude becomes a habit, a lens through which we view the rest of the world. It's like a muscle. The more we exercise it, the stronger it becomes. We're all stuck with negatives in life. Gratitude has the power to shine on the good and minimize the bad. Gratitude, of course, doesn't get rid of problems, but it does put the negative in its proper place. Gratitude gives us the courage to look trouble in the eye and say, You will not be in charge of my life. I still have the power to choose, and I choose to be grateful for the good gifts. Gratitude is, in the end, a choice. Some days it's a hard choice, but once it is made, gratitude is always, always worth the effort. The word for this week is gratitude. This is Ann Cavera with Speeding Past 80. Our email is speedingpast80 at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us.